All right, welcome, <clears throat> excuse me, it is indisputable. I'm your host Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Joining me, breaking down news of the day, none other than comedian and fighting words on HBO, uh, star host of Truth Serum. Uh, Ada Rodriguez is on the program, how are you Ada? I'm good, it's Ida. Ida, excuse me, my apologies sister. No, uh, Ida, and you know I know that, Ida Rodriguez is on the show, thank you. Also, Joe Collins III is coming back for, uh, I don't know, I don't know why he's back, but he's in the bullpen and he's going to debate me about voting rights uh, in the United States of America. I guess he's on the other side of that discussion. Okay, top story of the day, there's a mother who threatened to bring loaded guns to a school and I assume start shooting people. Here's the video. No mask mandates. My child, my children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on. All right, that's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every- That's three minutes, you're going past your time. It's a policy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. Yeah, that's called a threat, right? That's a terroristic threat. So here's what's ironic about this whole thing. Number one, once again, this is about mask mandates inside of school systems. We have already settled this. Schools have the ability, the authority to implement common sense administrative law from dress codes to vaccination requirements, also to mask protocols or mask mandates inside of their school system. So this particular parent decided to threaten bodily harm by way of bullets to children or I guess administrators and teachers if there's a mask policy in the school rather than just take her child out of school if she has that kind of disagreement with the policy, she's going to bring a loaded gun and see them on Monday. Well, that person has in fact been arrested, but there's some more background to the story. I do find it really, really ironic also that when she said that she was going to go to the ultimate and say, I'm bringing a gun on Monday, you'll see me on Monday. When they told her her three minutes was up, she was not willing to speak one second over her three minutes. I mean, she didn't violate the three minute rule, but she's willing to unlawfully bring a gun on a school campus, but she shut the hell up after three minutes. <laughs> that one second over. All right. Um, uh, the Lorray Police Department charged that particular woman who made a perceived threat at Thursday night's Page County School Board meeting. According to police, Amelia King, 42, was charged with a violation of the Code of Virginia 18 2 60 or threat while on school property. All right, if it's the crime. Uh, they could have up those charges, but they decided to leave it at that. Throughout uh, the Friday, the day on Friday, the police department worked with Page County Sheriff's Office to investigate the incident, contact, contacted both national and state agencies to determine how to best move forward. Now, I wanna remind you of this, this is really interesting. Now, understand the privilege that's already involved. This woman makes a threat, a terroristic threat to bring a loaded gun to a school and shoot people, okay? She makes the threat. She makes a threat on public record, the threat is recorded. And instead of arresting her immediately, instead of filing charges of terroristic threats and other, she was given the benefit of all of these law enforcement agencies calling each other, trying to figure out what's the best way to go, how to arrest her, what to charge her with. And it ended up being significantly lighter than what many believed it to, to warrant. So the police chief, C.S. Bo Cook, 
says that after consulting with state police and thoroughly reviewing the Virginia code, the department determined that charging Ms. King with a misdemeanor violation was the appropriate course of action. I mean, damn, y'all are being real thoughtful about this charge. I mean, I'm accustomed to the police coming in, charging the person with everything they can, charging the person with the felony statute, the misdemeanor statute, and allowing their defense attorney to be thoughtful about how to proceed in a court of law. But instead, the police decided to be thoughtful on behalf of Ms. King. How nice of them. For being this thoughtful about someone who has threatened to kill children and members of the faculty. The Page County Board met Thursday night to vote in favor of Governor Glenn Youngkin's executive order making mask a choice for students. Once again, back to mask. During the public comment period, King said, no mask mandates. My child, my children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on, all right? That's not happening and I will bring every single gun loaded and ready. Um, she's out. It was um, a light bond, five thousand dollars, ten percent. You know, you pay a few hundred bucks, you go home. Ida, what are your thoughts here? Um, my thoughts are: Can you imagine if that would have been me? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's funny. I think is I the one of you. You pointed out that she stopped at the three minutes, but the funny thing to me is that she issued a threat. And that was the violation of the day that she could not go over the three minutes. Right. <laughs> and I was like, if I would have said that, everybody would have jumped up. They'd have been like, wait a minute now, she just threatened us. I just think it's interesting to see what if Khalif Browder would have had that same treatment or just there are so many people, black people and people of color who I could name that have never been extended the courtesy. Baby Tamir Rice wasn't extended any courtesy and this woman, and yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the people who have been wrongfully murdered by the police because they are never given the benefit of the doubt. But this woman who went into a place who is having a temper tantrum because they don't want to follow the rules because they've never been accustomed to following the rules because they're always cloaked in their privilege and they're like, why do we have to follow the rules now? Why is mm -hmm. this happening to us now? She's having a temper tantrum. Because some people don't want kids to bring home uh, uh, the coronavirus that could potentially kill somebody who's immune compromised or over or elderly. And people are, we don't know because the information changes daily, true. So everybody is trying to protect theirs and she doesn't want to do it because she's selfish, she's self-centered, she's pompous. And she's privileged, and that is the reason why I don't give those people a break. I won't cut them a break. People are like, "Why are you go always going in?" You know, these white women who call themselves allies sometimes—they all all belong to this group where they get to straddle between being oppressed and oppressors, and that is that's why I can't rock with it. She she should be in jail. Yeah, she should be yeah. in jail. She doubled down on the thread too. When she said, see you on Monday, that was the double down. That was a double down and, and there, there's definitely a felony statute that would have applied. They decided not to allocate the felony statute to Miss King. But I do find it interesting that number one, nobody on the school board flinched. 
Nope. Nobody looked shocked. Nobody said, "Oh my gosh, wait a minute, are you threatening to kill children and faculty?" Nobody flinched. Why? Because that kind of privilege has become normative in those arenas. So nobody flinched on the school board. They just said, uh, "Ma'am, your three minutes are up. That's the policy." You know, that's it. She just threatened to kill everybody on Monday. And then number two, there's a big difference between an individual health crisis and a public health crisis. If you have an individual health crisis, there's a different response to what's called a public health crisis. During a public health crisis, we have to now make decisions for the public good, not just the individual's sake. So if you feel as if the rights of your individual child are being violated because of a public health issue, then you can withdraw your individual child from their school system. We have decency rules, not only for adults, but also for kids. There are certain things they can and cannot wear inside of the school system. That's for age appropriateness inside of their school system. Well, nobody has argued if school systems have the ability to tell a child you cannot express yourself with this kind of clothing. We have always held school systems to be well within their authority to do so. All right, so just some things to point out. Um, and also the number of children with coronavirus has yeah. gone up and they're being hospitalized here in California. They just released some information this morning about how the numbers of that of children being hospitalized for coronavirus. So regardless of where you think it came from, how much it's been politicized, we all can attest to it being real and that it is deadly for some people. So until that is not no longer a fact that a fact that we need to do whatever we need to do to protect ourselves. Very well said and I will end the segment on this point and I'm glad you brought it up. So many people will start saying things like the China virus or the pandemic, right? It's like being concerned about where the fire started in the middle of evacuating the home. We're trying to get the hell up out of the house. The fire doesn't care where it came from. You're in the line of it and it will harm you. So we can do all of this at the end of it once the fire is out. You can do all of the exhaustive investigation you choose to. But in the middle of the fire, we need to get the hell up out the house. Guess what's happening now? Lawmakers are trying to pass laws that would allow individuals to get ivermectin, the great conservative hope, ivermectin without having a doctor's approval. This is fascinating and telling of our political climate right now. Let me take it to New Hampshire. New Hampshire residents may soon be able to get ivermectin from the pharmacist without first getting a prescription or approval from a doctor. This is new legislation, just hit proposed legislation titled House Bill 1022. Remember that House Bill 1022 would allow pharmacists to dispense the drug, which some believe can treat COVID-19, even though it lacks approval for such use from the US Food and Drug Administration by means of standing orders. Under the law, now watch what they did, watch how they did this, very slick, under the law, Pharmacists would be able to dispense ivermectin under the delegated prescriptive authority of the physician or advanced practice registered nurses. Specify a mechanism to document screening performed and the prescription in the patient's medical record and include a plan for evaluating and treating adverse events. That's according to the bill, all right? That's wording in the bill. It then says, 
any such prescription shall be regarded as being issued for a legitimate medical purpose in the usual course of professional practice. Now, keep in mind, they're changing the entire law in order to do this. Mm. The pharmacist would also be required to provide any patients who receive ivermectin with a standardized information sheet written in plain English that provides healthcare referral information and knows the importance of follow up care. Now, here's the great irony of this law. Noting on the information sheet shall discourage, watch this, recipients from using ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19, the bill read. All right, I gotta pause on this point cuz it's very important. Literally to cover their ass, they're going to make pharmacists say, hey, this is really discouraged to treat COVID-19. Why? Because they know the science. They know it doesn't, they know it doesn't work. And the entire genesis of this bill is because Republicans, conservative Trumpites have said, we want ivermectin. And we want it specifically to treat COVID-19. The lawmakers are not being genuine with you when they say, okay, we're gonna give it to you, but we're gonna make the pharmacist tell you that it's not to treat COVID-19 so that you can't sue us when you die from it. That's what this is about. You don't believe me? Listen to what the sponsor of the bill said. Republican State Representative Leah Cushman, a sponsor of the bill and a registered nurse told Newsweek that she wanted to make sure residents of the state have options for treatment of COVID-19. She just told you what it's for. She wants Republicans in particular to have this option for the treatment of COVID. She said that on the record and then in the bill, it says "Mm -mm, not for the treatment of COVID. Right, And a pharmacist has to create a document to tell you that. But it's the opposite of what the lawmakers are doing it for. The FDA once again has not approved ivermectin for the treatment or prevention of COVID-19 in both humans and animals. According to his website, it is however approved for human use to treat infections caused by parasitic worms and head lice and skin conditions. That's what it's used to treat, <laughs> and they know it. All right, Ida, I'm sorry. I I'm just, sorry, the hypocrisy no, of these damn politicians for creating a law that they know could kill people and, yeah. and already has hospitalized loads of people. And they, they cover their own ass in the wording of the bill just so they can't get sued. It pisses me off. I know, because you care about people and you have common sense. And you know those parents that have unruly children, but they don't want to be embarrassed or they, they just do give them whatever they want. That's what these politicians are doing. Mm, with that's a good point. Nobody insults the base more than the people who they follow. Nobody insults, all of those people will speak against vaccines, but they're all vaccinated. They will all, they just continue to do that. You know what? 
we talk about hustling as selling drugs on the street of the, of the neighborhoods that like I came from and, and pe many people like me come from. The biggest hustle in this country is in Washington DC. Oh yeah. Those people, those lobbyists are getting it in. If you see this happening, it's because these people are trying to win an election and they're trying to get back back in that White House and they're gonna do whatever it takes and whoever it costs to make it happen because they don't care about these people. And it's obvious that they don't care because the vaccination rate in the in the red states are low with red with right wingers and they are dying at a greater rate than the people that are that are leftists, right? And but it's just interesting to me to see how they will do whatever it takes to to just appease these people even if it is at their own expense. And that's where we are now. They are so preoccupied with the dollar, the com the companies that they're getting paid by. That's why you need to investigate the people who you vote for, the people yep. in your state and your local community, and see who their affiliations and their ties are with, and who's putting money in their pockets. Because usually, when they're getting money put in their pockets, that is not in your best interest as a constituent. That's usually why they have to pay them to get whatever they want to get going because it's usually not in the best interest right. of the person that of the voter. I concur completely. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, a stick and stay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Please don't yell at us. Yeah. Don't videotape me. You have no room to yell at us. I want to speak to the person who made this drink. Is that you? No, well, it wasn't we don't know me. who made it. So. You don't know who made it? There's four of us here, so we honestly don't know. Stupid. Yeah, uh, those were uh, those were children uh, that he physically assaulted and tried to gain entry into their workplace behind the counter. Uh, let's put up his mugshot. He has been apprehended. He turned himself in. He's a money man for Merrill Lynch. All right, money guy, right? I got an update to this story. Keep his mugshot up. Um, James Ionazzo, 48 years of age, from Fairfield, Connecticut. James has a mugshot now. He was arrested and faces charges of intimidation based on bias, breach of peace and criminal trespass. He still has not been charged with assault, even though you clearly saw an assault already benefiting from his status. He was a managing director at Merrill Lynch. I say it was because 
they sent this nice little note, let's put it up. They said, hello, Navid, my colleagues forwarded your message. Below is an on the record comment. Our company does not tolerate behavior of this kind. We immediately investigated and have taken action. This individual is no longer employed at our firm. Now, according to James, put his mugshot up again. He did all of this assaulting of children and being racist and trying to gain entry behind the counter because his son had a reaction to a smoothie, okay? The young lady told him accurately, call corporate. You do not physically assault workers, and in this case, they were teenagers, and then tried to fight them by gaining entry behind the counter. But that's exactly what this male Karen did. So we're going to highlight privilege personified. Financial guy, has money, has influence, has status, and now he has a criminal record. But even with the charges, I cannot help but to notice He is not being charged with the actual violent attack that we all saw on video. All right, Ida, thoughts? It's exhausting to watch this stuff. It's, you know, these people becoming unhinged this way is just, you know, it's really, really sad. And he's a real tough guy, right? A real tough guy. Like, went in on these children, these little girls, just going off on these little girls, trying to physically attack little girls. Real tough guy. Um, and the, this is the people, this is a person who works at a firm that's managing people's money. And I guarantee you, some of us have money in Merrill Lynch. And this is why we have to hold these corporations accountable for the behavior of the people that they employ, because those are the attitudes of the people who are have some semblance of power and can let us in or out of certain things and are involved in our in our money and they're involved in our loans, involved in the in how we where we live, the schools that we go to, and we have to start paying attention to where we put our money because a lot of times, most times, we're funding our own oppression. And I just, and I know that sounds extreme, but I'm at the point of extreme because this is extreme behavior. You know, like it's just the the fact that he thought he could do what he did because he was upset is just, you know, like you said, privilege personified. But it's exhausting. We we've been knowing this and seeing this for how long? Our whole lives we've seen this, and people have just been skating through life. Mm-hmm. And now that people got videos of you acting a fool, and you one of you gets held accountable, but there there are there's a sea of them, and that that's my issue. Like I yeah. I, I just I'm done with it. I'm not I'm not explaining myself to people anymore. I'm not giving any. I'm not trying to make anybody feel comfortable. We've done that for so long, and look where we are now. They have no problem calling us out of our name. They have no problem trying to belittle us, mistreat us, put their hands on us, and we have to tolerate that, right? But that's it. I'm done with it. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even dignifying that behavior with my attention. Let me echo what you just said. I don't think it's extreme at all to call it what it is. We are forced in America to actually fund our own oppression, especially as black and brown people. I need people to understand this. This is this is a reality in this country. We right now have statues and street names of individuals who are open racist. They were known to be racist. 
they killed black people or they owned black people, okay? All right, and they wanted to keep that as a legacy in this country. We, through our taxes, we have to pay for that. We have to pay for those statues. We have to pay for the upkeep of those streets. We are literally financing symbols of our own oppression on a daily basis. Daily basis, all right? Okay, um, I told you this would happen because he never should have made bond in the first place. See that guy, all right, that's Daniel Triplett. Daniel Triplett is accused of killing someone who worked for him and then burying the body, but he still got bond. All right, he got bond. We told, we said it in our original reporting. This guy's not a candidate for bond whatsoever. He got bond. The bond for this Oklahoma businessman charged with murder has now been revoked. Remember, he put a guy who worked for him in a septic tank, okay? Put up the picture, side by side picture. All right, so Daniel Triplett had been out on a $500,000 bond last December 2021 following the alleged murder that took place months before when Triplett's employee, Brent Mack, that's the African American male you see, went missing. All right, he went missing. Triplett gets bond. His bond has not been revoked. He landed himself back in jail following Logan County Judge Susan Worthington's ruling on Friday, January 14th, after, after prosecutors said Triplett was going places he was not allowed to go, including the bank, a restaurant, a gas station. Okay, why would he listen to the judge? He has proven, he has proven his privilege has no limitation. He has allegedly killed a man who worked for him, lured him. I mean, the way this happened was so, so planned lured him in order to do this and then covered it up and he still gets bond, all right? According to the conditions of Triplett's bond, the businessman was required to wear an ankle monitor and leave his home for visits with his lawyer, medical appointments or court dates. The DA, Lord Thomas said a bank teller who knew Triplett had been arrested on murder charges, told authorities Triplett was spotted in the bank's drive-through. Good. For that bank teller, all right? Let me give you some background to what happened originally. The search for the 50 year old Brent Mack began after his daughter, Rachel Wilson, reached out to Triplett, the man who's charged with killing him, on Facebook Messenger regarding her father's whereabouts. However, inconsistencies in Triplett's story about when he last saw Mac drew cause for concern. He couldn't get his story together. Triplett initially told authorities that Mac was dropped off in Guthrie, Oklahoma, outside of a laundromat. Well, after firing him from his alleged violent demeanor. Well, that was likely not true. However, officers found several factors that contradicted his story during their investigation into the whereabouts of Mr. Mack, okay? The video showed Triplett driving through the town but never stopping to drop Mack off like he said. Surveillance footage taken from the residents and statements from the homeowners confirmed that both men were together before Mack's disappearance. After working on the septic tank 
only triplet was was seen leaving the property. And that is where he stashed the body according to the prosecution. Cold blooded, cold blooded, right? Just remember, he went before a judge with all of this evidence against him and still got bond. Now his bond has been revoked. He's where he should be. Let's hope he doesn't get out whatsoever. Ida, thoughts on this one? So first and foremost, I wanna extend to my black brothers and sisters who constantly have to see a reflection of themselves being murdered and being objectified and dehumanized. And it is constantly everywhere we are. So make sure that we're taking care of ourselves because that right there triggered me. It made me, it made me angry, it made me sad, and it made me wanna cry that some young woman is looking for her father and her father is in a septic tank. It just imagine. I mean, the the reality of it is, is that we are arguing with people that our lives matter. We have to have an argument. It's been politicized. It's been taken out of context. It's been used to justify crime. It's been used to you. It is. We've reached a point of. It, we are in the upside down, as they say in Stranger Things. It is an unreal reality that you have to walk about the earth as a black person in this country after generations and generations of mistreatment and oppression. And now, and we still have to have a discussion about voting rights. And then you see these kinds of things happen. This man is a businessman in this town. And I, and I guarantee you he has connections with law yep. enforcement. And that that's how they take care of each other. And there are never really consequences because when you, who, why does it make sense, right? Make it make sense that a person kills somebody, they, they, they abducted them and they murdered them, but they need a pass so that they can go take care of their own business. What, what, you know how I many people, Khalid Browder didn't get that opportunity. Right. Didn't get that opportunity for a backpack. And this man killed somebody for a backpack, was in jail for three years and in solitary confinement. I will never forget the names of all of the people that we have had to, we've had to see buried and the mothers who've had to cry because the justice system, the law enforcement are all in cahoots because it's all rooted and embedded in white supremacy and an oppression. So yeah. I mean, I, I just plead for us, we have to take care of ourselves and each other because we relying on these people to take care of us and they don't care about us. We They say all lives matter when we say black lives matter. And this is absolutely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous and to the point you made about their retort, all lives matter, they only say that when somebody says black lives matter, it's a way to dissuade you from the argument of black life in America. But when people say blue lives matter, you never hear them then say all lives matter. That's blue right. is not a race, blue comes off as black does not. Blue is not a culture, blue is there to protect the culture. That's what it's supposed to do, but it has become its own entity and an us and them narrative has been created because of the way they decide to exercise their policing rights in America. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let's get to it. I'm going to read as many comments as I can, but I will not be able to get to all of them. All right. Let's go to TYT member Lynn says, and people wonder why places 
can't find workers. And we've seen this routinely where people that work in restaurants and service industry, this is how they're being treated by people that patronize the establishment, quite unfortunate. White nationalists are going door to door evangelizing people. Here it is. Can I help you? Good afternoon. We are white nationalists, and we're going around hoping to talk to people about things white people in the United States. Hope just to have a few minutes to talk about that. Did you say you're a white nationalist? We're not interested. Thank you. No worries, ma'am. Do you think we could leave a flyer for you? Thanks for your time. I mean, Jim Crow got manners. Yeah, this is what's happening right now. Uh, white nationalists are knocking on your door saying, hey, you know, uh, we're white nationalists and we just want to talk to you for a minute. Uh, the, the man at the home did not reject them, it was his wife. His wife is the one who said, we're not interested. And then that's when they go into, well, listen, can we leave some information for you? You know who used to do this door to door recruiting? The Klan, the KKK did the exact same thing. They went door to door, why? Because it was acceptable in their culture to do so. Well, look at that, it's come back around. Let me give you some insight to this, a recent surge and white nationalism in the United States has led to a growing threat of violence by factions that embrace bloodshed and advocate for a race war. According to a report released Wednesday by an organization that tracks far right extremists. The Southern Poverty Law Center's annual report on extremist groups said its count of white nationalist groups has risen by 55%. White nationalist groups espouse white supremacist or white separatist ideologies, often focusing on the alleged inferiority of non-whites. Groups listed in a variety of other categories, the KKK, Ku Klux Clowns, neo-confederates, neo-Nazis, race, racist skinhead and Christian identity could also be fairly described as white nationalists. So you're probably wondering what did the brochure looked like. Well, we got a picture of it. Let's put it up. Here's the brochure. Okay. They didn't even spend the extra two cent at FedEx, Kinko's, wherever they got this done to put the color version on. Oh, that's right. They don't like color. I forgot about that. So this is the black and white version of the brochure. All right. Um, it tells you to end systemic racism, you got to be pro white. In order to end racism in America, you must be pro white. We have another uh, graphic of it. Yeah. Uh, in anti-white discrimination. And it reads, keep it up, are you tired of being discriminated against by schools and employers while simultaneously being told that you have white privilege? Living in fear that you will lose your job because of an accusation of racism? Hearing politicians constantly talk about all they have done for blacks, Hispanics, LGBTQ community, etc. But never what they have done for white people. And the list goes on. Let me say this, bring this to me. Um, I'm actually happy. Let me tell you why I'm happy. Because you white supremacist cowards are exposing yourselves for who you truly are. A bunch of damn 
crybabies. You can't deal with life on life's terms. That's why you had to fix it. You had to fix the rules to benefit you. You can't really compete or you're afraid of competing on an even playing field. It terrifies you for rules to be fair, for opportunities to be equitable, for access to be complete. That frightens you. The notion of that terrifies you, but we come in. We're not gonna let up. So you going around knocking on doors, trying to recruit more individuals to your cause tells me that you're desperate. That you're desperate for validation, you're desperate for support, you're desperate. Your desperation will only get will only get worse. And hopefully this government would deal with you in the way they should. Ida thoughts. Man, um, you know, I thought that was a Jordan Klepper sketch. Like I thought it was, I thought it was a joke. Um, it's really, uh, it's surreal that in 2022, um, young white males. I mean, I, I work in an industry that's dominated by white men, and I always have to hear white men tell me how you have to be a diverse person in order to get. Uh, a television show or to run a television show. But me being the creature that I am, I go research all the TV shows that are on air and 98% of them are ran by white men. Yeah. Um, so it really this alleged push for diversity and inclusion, which in some spaces is only this performative act to appear as though they're creating diversity and inclusion, but the equity hasn't changed. Visibility has changed. You show people that you are in business with people of color or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that when you see white people having a temper tantrum like this, it is rooted in what you said because a lot of the stuff really hasn't changed. We are still trying to fight for being treated right by the justice system. We're still trying to get fair loans to buy homes. We are still hoping that we can get good school systems in our neighborhoods. So when you hear these people having a tantrum because they say that they are not being treated equally for jobs and opportunities. And then you look at the, go look at IBM's roster. Yeah. Oh, look at all the rosters. Look at all the billionaires. Look at all the CEOs. What are you whining about? You will never be a CEO because you're going door to door asking people <laughs> to join you to be in an, a white supremacist group. That's why you're not succeeding, not because somebody took your opportunity away from you. Yeah. I gotta read two books to your one. So that I can just get a morsel of what is given to you that you have inherited by the sweat of the brow of my ancestors. How dare you? Well said, very well said. You know, I told everyone that these anti-critical race theory laws do not impact the teaching of critical race theory. CRT is not even in the bill, but it has hurt a black charter school in Texas. This is part of the intent of the bill. So let me highlight what has happened to Essence Preparatory Charter School. Let's put up a graphic of the school. 
Let me explain how this went down. This school is designed with its predominantly black and brown students in mind. We want to create a space where black and brown students will not only be stable but can thrive, said the school's CEO and founder, Akeem Brown, who's 29 years of age. Let's put up a picture of Mr. Brown. That's a smart guy, has the right idea, wants to create safe spaces for our young children to succeed. Brown says opening his own school has always been a dream of his. And in January 2021, his dream was coming close to a reality when he submitted the application to the Texas Education Agency, T, for final approval. Everything was going as planned. But they were caught in the middle of an ongoing debate surrounding critical race theory. I think this is a good point for me to say what I always say, critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 education. Critical race theory is not part of the curriculum whatsoever. It is an advanced theoretical framework designed for teaching at advanced collegiate levels, including law schools, not taught in K through 12 education. The purpose of these anti-CRT bills was to simply stop the teaching of actual history as it relates to America's racism. That was the idea and that idea is working. Uh, Brown said in an interview with Atlanta Black Star, he said, and I quote, I think we got caught in it because of the color of my skin, because of the color of the individuals who make up my board. My board is 65% African American. We aim to serve about 40% black children in our community. Brown said, explaining why he feels his application triggered the T flag, which is the Texas Education Agency. They flagged his application for further review, citing concerns related to what? CRT. Once again, critical race theory is not even in the legislation passed by the state of Texas that did not stop the agency from saying this is related to concerns about critical race theory. <laughs> you can't make this up. The agency wanted Brown to remove anti-racist text within the school's equity statement. They asked us to remove the word anti-racist. What? And they asked us to remove any words from that author, Brown said. The agency also wanted Brown to clarify his meaning of phrases like public policy driven approach, public policy advocacy program, and community actions. Brown admitted he treaded carefully to avoid his application being rejected. I don't think it mattered what I responded with, so unfortunately, I sucked up my pride and took away what we believe to be bold commitments to launching a school in our community. He had to compromise. He felt he needed to compromise. None of these books are controversial. Anti-racism means you're against racism. Why in the world would something saying that I'm anti-racist be a problem unless the board that regulates you is pro-racism? You see how that works? That's the only way you would have an issue with anti-racist curriculum or the terminology public policy advocacy program. They literally told him you have to provide additional clarity to public policy driven approaches. What? You have to provide clarity to a board for that. Brown admits he shed tears throughout the approval process, but the application was finally approved after the compromises by the State Board of Education. That was their intent after being caught 
in the controversial CRT debate. Brown says what kept him and his team motivated were the 360 students and their parents who are relying on Edson's preparatory to open. The school is expected to open August 15th. Let me give some, let me give a word of advice to the teachers and administrators. I know there's a rule in Texas, there's a new law basically prohibiting you with a public charter from teaching actual history. Break the law, break it, do it, teach history, teach the truth. People like me got your back, not only through platform and commentary, but I will help you financially. And many people would do the exact same, but somebody, some school teacher, some school is going to have to stand up to this foolishness and buck the damn system. That's my advice. All right, um, Ida, thoughts? I mean, old Texas never fails to entertain from Ted Cruz to sundown town, sundown towns. We just are constantly getting the uh, the juice and the tea from uh, Texas. You know, I, I always say um, I'm one of those people that feels like integration is the worst thing that happened to my ancestors. Um, but then you think about the fact that black people in this country and black people in other places that were trying to build things after being free, their stuff was pounced on and destroyed by envious white people who also were mediocre. And I just think about all of the stuff that's happening that we've covered on the on the show today, the white nationalists, you know, all of this stuff is happening, but they won't leave us alone, right? They won't leave us alone. They won't let us be. And that's what I'm I'm bothered with. I you you say you don't want to be around me. I don't want to be around white people that don't that don't like me. I appreciate you telling me that you don't want to be around me. What I have a problem with you is you trying to take the spoon out of my mouth when Mm. when I'm working for my own food. And that is the problem that I'm having with this. And it's just disheartening to see that now you want to erase history. You know how hard it was for us as children, me in particular, to have to think of myself that my ancestors sold themselves into slavery. That that was what was taught to me, right? Yep. But I, I never hear about the glorious people of my past. So to these people, I just say congratulations and I'm with you. Break the law because if we don't know history, we are bound to repeat it. That's right, and that's, that's their idea on the other side. Uh, they wanna keep you ignorant. You can't change what you fail to acknowledge. You can't change what you fail to know. All right, um, Steve Bannon says that in 2022, after the victory of the GOP, they're going to then go ahead and arrest Joe Biden. Here it is. And you have stood down ICE and you've stood down Border Patrol. And guess what? That's the impeachment hearing I want to hear. Because we're not going to do your crap with all these guys from the National Security Council on the first time or the phone call that did this. No, you're going to sit there for day after day and week after week. And we're going to bring the witnesses. We're going to bring the witnesses of what you did to this country, what you did on the southern border. Preserve your documents. Because after impeach it, then we're going to put you up on criminal charges. Criminal charges for allowing this country to be invaded by your actions. Acts of commission, not acts of omission, acts of commission. And we're not going to back down, so write it down. This November is about one thing, it's impeaching Joe Biden to stop this madness and to stop this illegitimate regime from destroying our nation. Now, here's the thing, Steve Bannon, he's a coward, he won't bust the soft side of a grape. But the people listening to him, The people listening to him believe in his words. 
because he's a charlatan and a con artist. They believe his words are accurate and that this is what's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, they may attempt to do this. If they win, they may attempt to do it. But if it doesn't happen, he has successfully radicalized his side, given them red meat. And now they feel justified when they try to overthrow the government again, okay? Um, it is what it is. This is the era we live in. Ida, how do you feel about what Bannon has said? You know what? I, it's a clown show, and I'm still laughing at what you said about him and a grape. Yeah, he he <laughs> can do a damn thing. It's a it's the dog and pony show, as the great Malcolm said. You know, I I am like I said, and I will continue to say, nobody insults, nobody insults white poor people in this country more than these white rich people who are getting richer off of them. Donald Trump sold them $30 hats and t-shirts and these people are struggling and they don't realize that this CRT argument, everything that they throw out at them is a great distraction from what is really happening to them. Because if you look at what's happened in the last few years, the conditions of working class people and poor people in this country have gotten worse. We are dealing with inflation, a lack of, of, of opportunity of where to live, jobs, not their, the minimum wage is insulting and ridiculous. And those people are doing just fine from Steve Bannon to Donald right. Trump to every single one of them. They got they got what they need in their house. And you are fighting a fight for peanuts. And the reason you have peanuts is because they have their foot on your neck. My dear sister, always when I'm with you, I feel privileged. I'm thankful for your leadership. Tell people how they can follow you and check out your great work. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at funny AIDA. And uh, my special is streaming right now on HBO Max. It's called Fighting Words. And uh, the revolution will not be televised. Preach it. Thank you, sister. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. <laughs>